Hey everybody, this is another episode of the Uncredible Gamers Podcast. This is part two of our Bioshock discussion, so if you haven't listened to the first part, go back and listen to that before you head into the spoiler-filled freaky finale. There's so much to talk about here, I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's go. So for the listeners, they will have no idea that we have transitioned into another day. Correct. Because mm-hmm. it will be seamless. Yeah. Except for the fact that I am just disclosing this, and now I've, I have poisoned the well, and now they will <laughs> always know yeah. that it is, in fact, the tricks of the trade. So, so cut all this out. <laughs> now nah, we're leaving it in. Sean. It depends on who's editing it, I guess. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> point. <laughs> Sean, we were just leaving Fort Frolic. Yeah. Sander Cohen either lived or not. Yep. And we are now in the word that is Greek and I think is Hephaestus. Yeah. Maybe I'm saying that completely wrong. And so I will avoid henceforth saying the name. I'll let you do that. Cool. And tell us about what we, tell us about the hijinks that ensue at this place. Yeah. All right. So we are done with Fort Frolic. In my case, Sander Cohen just unlocked the um, bathysphere to head on out. Um, and I left him alive. And uh, uh, in your case, you guys killed him, right? I did. Yeah. He, he again, he, um, he had to pay for his crimes. Yeah. I so killed anyway, him before he gave me presents. He must have unlocked the bathysphere before he deceased. Um, in your <laughs> case. Anyway, so Atlas is like, head to Hephaestus. That's where like the central control of Rapture is. All the energy that runs the whole place. And Ryan's office is there. So head there. You can meet him head on and we can finish this objective our new objective of taking down ryan so once you get there you basically make your way and it looks very like a mining area slash very industrial um because it's like where the power plant stuff fun, is. fun fact hephaestus was the greek god of among other things blacksmithing uh-huh. and what i would believe is like technology right makes sense yep Cool. So you can make your way into this area. There's lots of signs everywhere that's like <laughs> the office of Andrew Ryan <laughs> arrows. Uh, In bold um, neon lights. He yes. made those signs before he was afraid of yes. people yeah. turning against him, I think. It right. was super helpful, helpful in maneuvering because it's like a big old circle. So I just kept going around and yeah. around and around until yeah. Yeah. I yeah. saw the sign that I was looking for. Yep. And then, so yeah, so you make your way and then you're into this area. There's like bunch of big columns it's kind of an open room with like hallway uh corridor sort of things off to both sides and then an open space in the middle and these like large columns in on the walls and at the end of the room is uh ryan andrew ryan's office but on the columns are like nailed dead bodies to the columns and uh oh yeah 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 you can you walk up to his office door and this thing is rigged as all get out with like electrical charged heavy duty 
lock, no getting in. Um, can't hack your way through this stuff. Uh, yeah, so, that was really creepy. So the the bodies, right? Yeah. So if you had been picking up the uh, audio logs throughout right. the throughout the game, you would have run into Bill McDonough. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like one of the chief engineers who worked really closely closely with Andrew Ryan. Mm-hmm. And you know he's responsible for like the plumbing, and you hear things about the technical building of of Rapture in his in his early audio logs. But yeah. as it goes, he starts to discuss the war that's going on between Fontaine and Atlas. Or, I'm sorry, between, <laughs> spoiler alert, between, <laughs> between Fontaine and uh, Ryan, right? Right. Yeah. And so McDonough, his loyalty is to Rapture. Like, he loves this thing that he built. Right. Sure. And so he decides that he must, he has to betray Andrew Ryan. He has to kill Andrew Ryan in order to save Rapture. He like, that's the, that's the crux of one of his last audio logs is, Mm -hmm. you know, I had to pick, (laughs) he picked Rapture and you find this audio log on his body. That's Uh he's one of the guys that's pinned up. Yeah. 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 The second audio log that's pinned up. This is where we meet what's maybe my second favorite audio log side story. We meet Anya Anders, Anders daughter. Understutter? I don't know how to pronounce the last name. But she, I think this isn't the first, like, we only get her audio logs in Hephaestus. But she was trying to kill Andrew Ryan because her daughter, somehow, she gave her daughter up. I don't, it's not clear, I think, what happened to lead to that. Right. But her daughter ended up becoming a little sister. Mm -hmm. And so she was, like, so, you know taken back by that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. she decided she has to kill andrew ryan in revenge and she like becomes an assassin and uh in her audio logs you she talks about the uh like sleeping with somebody to get the information that she needs to get to get to andrew ryan and oh. i think the name the one of the the engine the head engineer that we come up across Kybers? huh kybers yeah that guy I think she talks about him in her in her audio log, but she's only okay. got two. But it's like a really poignant story, and then she, but she's also one of the bodies that's mm. pinned up. Yeah. So yeah. So needless to say, there are like six or eight of these bodies, or seven or nine or whatever, and um, and yeah, they are they are all the trophies that Ryan keeps of the the people who failed at trying to take him down, and after you attempt to you know you find out that you can't just go into his office he contacts you directly and like even kind of taunts you or or, you know threatens you he's basically like i haven't picked the spot on the wall where you go let me know your preference or Mm -hmm. something like that he's real up and down this guy Uh, yeah (laughs) he's uh coming apart at points he's resigned he's killing the forest to kill rapture but then he's yeah, you know, you get the closer no, you get, defiant. then he's getting defensive and defiant, right. and you know, yeah, yeah. So after this, uh, Atlas lets you know that there is a way that we can disable the lock, and essentially it's another objective that we've done in the past. Of like, there are these items around. Go gather up some items and uh, and then figure out a way to disable the lock. And in doing so, as you're looking around, I believe it's in one of the audio logs, you find this. This person's uh, supervisor, Kybers, and you learn that he 
started to create an electromagnetic pulse bomb, an EMP, and that is your ticket to disabling the electric charge that is the lock in front of Ryan's office. So um, basically you you have to find your way into Kyber's office and then there's a secret place where he's actually keeping the bomb. Did you, how did you get into his office? So there's a code. Yeah. I think, I'm not sure, I think you can hack that. Mm-hmm. One, I'm not entirely sure. I don't remember. But in a in one of the audio diaries that maybe is given to you by this Anya mm-hmm. character, um, maybe not. It's alluded to that the code into his office is Australia Day. Oh yeah, <laughs> and we have a very good friend from Australia, and so who who throws a party every Australia Day, and so I knew the code immediately. <laughs> <laughs> nice, and it was delightful. <laughs> Nice. So yeah, so the the bomb itself is like in a secret place that you have to crouch down, like go this, through a vent. And, this and, Kyber's guy, paranoid son of a bitch. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. he's like building this EMP in some crawl space cut out in like the storeroom next to his office. His office is booby trapped to hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did you guys take care of the of the trap darts? The wires or whatever? Yes. Yeah, I would use telekinesis and like pick, pull them off the wall, put, ah. pick, or, or pick up, um, pick up an eye object. Sometimes it was morbid because like a corpse was the only thing around. <laughs> but uh, and then where are your morals? <laughs> and then uh, you Young know, man. slowly walk with that thing in front of you uh, so that I would have you no shame. <laughs> Interesting. I just shocked him with my um electroplasmid yeah i did that as well i shocked him but yeah. i upgraded my shock well it was one of the first ones i got to like the third uh-huh. highest uh plasmid yeah like uh-huh. ability and then as it becomes more powerful it uses more eve right 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 and so all of a sudden this like you know this method to taking care of these things became very costly to yeah. me right yeah on hard where uh-huh. eve you know syringes were kind of And you did have to kind of target it in the right spot or else you had to try it again. So yeah, yeah, it could use a lot of Eve. So I, so I ended up, I ended up using Ignite because that was low, that cost less and it did the same thing. Oh, it still worked on that? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Anyway, so there are items that you need to go throughout the rest of Hephaestus to um, procure to finish putting the bomb together. There's like ionic gel and a piece from Fallen Big Daddy's. Need to get like four of those. There are, I don't know. In my playing experience, there are a lot of big daddies roaming around. A lot I of was big just daddies. gonna say the same thing. A lot of big daddies. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I take and care of. It quite makes a few. sense from what you talked about earlier, Brandon, with the whole like they have other jobs before being the protectors of little sisters. They like are maintenance and mining crew or whatever. And you are in an area where you're like at the like the, the core, ocean right? floor. Yeah. Next to this like geothermal core sort of thing. Yes. That yes. is the power uh, that is giving Rapture its power. Its I energy. am not going to lie. I did not put that together. Well, and in this area. But that's really that's really <laughs> smart, Sean. Isn't there the uh, the workshops to, yeah. Yeah. to make the, yep. um, what are they called? Rosies and. Oh, no, not yet. Are, that's later. Yeah. Oh, okay. But there are workshops for, I think they're just called the upper workshops and the lower workshops in this area. But it's, all, it's all in yes. this area, isn't it? I mean, we yeah. haven't gone in there yet, but it's close by. Yeah. Right? And then while we're talking about near, the Big Daddies, yeah. 
I, I spent a lot of time taking care of big daddies here because I was at this point I was sort of powerful enough and had a lot of ammo mm-hmm. to be able to like dispatch them pretty easily. Yeah. And this is where you know I got to call out the shotgun as my number one mm-hmm. weapon here. Sure. Yeah. Because, at some point we procure it. Yeah. I don't know. There's not. A good oh, we spot get too. we get it way back in Neptune's yeah. bounty. I think. Mm-hmm. But but I you know I stumbled on my strategy of using the electric buck. Totally. To freeze the guys in place mm-hmm. and then, you know, freeze the big daddies in place. And then, yeah. and then while they were momentarily frozen, you could, you know, switch weapons if you needed to. And, yeah. and, uh, but you know, the shotgun just overall. Yeah. Now that you bring it up, in. that was my number two. It's my weapon. number one. That was your number one, too? Yeah. Two peas but in a pod. Speaking of the big daddies, my number two was the grenade launcher because that's what I really used on the big daddies. Yes. Ignite them and then launched a whole heck of a bunch of grenades at them. Yeah. And yes. then got them out in like three shots. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. That's grenade launcher number three for me. Yeah. Nice. Uh, how to take down the big daddies were a lot of what made my top. Anywho, as you're traveling throughout Hephaestus and you collect all of the items needed, you um, head back to the bomb, put it together. And then there is another section of Hephaestus. Now that you have the working bomb, where you're gonna actually like you're going straight to the core itself. There's like a area where you have to raise water, uh, or so like get an elevator working that'll take you down to the core. Lots of splicers in this area because you is like this, trip is an alarm where, kind of thing. Yeah, is this where you get where Atlas warns you that the splicers are gonna yeah rush you be like, heavy yeah because you're trying to overheat something yes and yes. like you have to keep it turned or yeah. whatever keep oh, the wheel yeah. turned. yep and 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 atlas is saying like oh all these splicers are gonna come in yeah. Andrew ryan knows you're here yep and so then this is when i like used the trap bolts for the first time oh nice and like yeah. set traps for him and then also talking about the grenade launcher mm-hmm. threw some proximity mines down nice. like at the entrance there yeah and i'm not kidding i had i had maybe like one splicer come into the room <laughs> like yeah. Nice. Yeah. i was basically that kybert's guy and I- you gave me you gave me that tip to um use the trap mines and the uh proximity mines wait not trap bolts trap bolts and yes. proximity mines in this mm-hmm. section yes uh and that uh, that was super helpful for yeah. sure well it's funny about the trap bolts it took me a second to figure it out because what it does is it shoots a bolt and then in line with the bolt it shoots out like a little claw and then that's how it forms that little cable that gets electrified mm-hmm. but <laughs> i didn't catch on to the fact that it whatever way you were pointing is where it was gonna come right back yeah and so I shot myself in the face. Oh no! <laughs> like a couple times with the trap, yeah. like with the trap, with the other end of the trap bolt, and then my trap wouldn't get set. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is doubly painful, <laughs> right? And uh, that was a quick learning experience. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I also, while we're talking about head faces, I have to call out. There's one room in this place where the lights keep going out briefly oh, there's yeah. a bunch of corpses on the ground oh yeah that's uh-huh. the worst and the lights keep going out and they keep coming up they're playing but then, dumb but then the very last time the lights go out and come back all these corpses were just they were just playing dead that was and they're spooky. standing up yeah and that was probably one of the creepiest i had creepiest a thought imagery. there i thought that i was like 
Oh, this is a new element of the game. Ryan has some type of like regenerate. Yeah. It's a zo- now we're in like a zombie element where like he raised the dead <laughs> sort of thing. I didn't yeah. catch on that they were just like sleep, you know, playing dead, sleeping or whatever. And then they do that like they're then, the rest you know, of the yes. time. Yes, that's like that a new happens. a new element to them. Like they all talk to each other. Like, hey, hey, this is what we're gonna do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then I just started shooting all of them. I would get out my uh, pistol <laughs> and just give him one, just give him one shot just anytime I approached him, just to make sure so they didn't spook me. Nice. Like I told Sean, Ashley, have you no shame? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a deep cut office reference, but uh, season nine where Dwight, the family, his aunt dies or whatever, and they talk about the the shrewd burial process or something. <laughs> And he talks about how it's a very honoring tradition and very ceremonial. And at the end of it, they shoot a couple rounds of shotgun because of oh, to make no. sure or something. It's 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 terrible. Oh, anyway, no. Oh, no. I do remember that. Did you yeah. know that that's where Saved by the Bell comes from? That's right. the origin of the oh, Saved by the yeah. Bell. They used to put little bells in the caskets or in because they coffins. weren't always so yeah. great at knowing when people were actually dead versus not. Right. So they would give they put a little string. Uh huh. And if you started panicking, then they My would, uh, then they would Ugh. take you out, and they would say, "Sorry about that, Bob." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretend this brush, never happened. Brush some dirt off you there. <laughs> Give you a nice bath. All right. So yeah. So basically, you get down to the core, and that's pretty uh, straightforward. You just walk up to the thing and plant the bomb to overload the the core. I guess you like essentially reset it. So that like the the charge loses on the door. Some I was like a little. I thought we were heading into like a uncharted sort of thing. You're gonna set this off, and it's gonna be a <laughs> bringing yeah. that money yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, no, it's um, much more gentle than that. Yes, you just reset everything so that his the lock in front of his office is uh, disabled now, and that's the next thing that you do. You head back over to the office, and obviously lots of splicers on your way. It's not the easiest thing to get back there, but you make it back to the office, and now we're in for the big plot twist. Uh, yeah, but before that, around the it's, world, it's yeah. chaos <laughs> in that little area with the yeah with the with the bodies pinned, like his trophy room or whatever. Yes, like yes. it is just nuts. And this is where I will bring out my third favorite weapon. Mm-hmm. Okay, because on at least you know on the hard difficulty, like you use all your weapons because. You run out yep. of ammo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But the machine gun, standard uh, machine gun, yep. third on my list. Same yep. for me, number Just three. did the job. And when you got a lot of people in the room. Just go crazy. Pretty effective. Pretty effective. <laughs> yeah. Uh, far and away, number one for me. I just chose to uh, mow people down <laughs> most yeah. of the time. I don't know. Something, I, I don't know. You know, I enjoy the safety in the thought of having more ammo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yes. But yes, so it is hectic to get back there. But once you enter his office, you see through like a wall of glass, you just see this uh, old guy just practicing his short game, pretending like like nothing's wrong, or basically he's maybe come to terms with his own fate and uh, is maybe at an inner peace with with where his life is at. Before that, there's a room yes, that we sure. go into. It's like his office? It's or... like a 
because t- you can't just get into his office. You have to like yes. sneak through this like uh, an up yeah upstairs an upper upstairs yeah. thing, and then you go into this kind of hidden area attic place. Yes, and in this attic is written on the wall in blood sure. or something. Would you kindly in oh, big yeah, letters? Yeah, yeah. And then I th- I don't know if there's audio logs here or just you know other stuff. Are there like newspaper clippings like all news- over? Yeah. And there's these images that you, we've been seeing, that we've been having these flashings from... Uh, yeah. You know, we ought to go back. I think we skipped over... Um, this is important to, to jut in here, that in Fort Frolic, there's this uh, bar, Eve's Garden. I, I think it's like a strip club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you're going into. And Jasmine Jolene is like the main performer. And you walk into her, her like bedroom... That's behind the stage. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she's on the bed. A cor- There's a corpse on the bed, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. then that's her. And then underneath the, is an audio log where she mm-hmm. talks about how she was Andrew Ryan's. She was another one of Ryan's, I guess, mm-hmm. um, love interests. And she gets pregnant by Andrew Ryan, but is convinced by Bridget Tenenbaum and Dr. Sushong mm-hmm. to sell the embryo right. to them. And if the price is right, she needed the money, is what she says. Mm. So Tenenbaum buys that embryo, and then Andrew Ryan finds out and is, like, livid, and I think Ryan kills her. And this is very important, right? Because should I spoil it? Should we keep going? Okay. At some point in this room, I think it's alluded to that you are the result of this embryo. That you- I miss all of that. Yeah, that's yes. You're you're the character that you yes. were grown in a lab. You're all, we're only like two years old. Yeah, we're only like two years old, but it was like our aging was really accelerated and and what? Yeah, yes. How did I miss all of that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is brand new information. <laughs> <laughs> and so we are, in fact, the offspring of Andrew Ryan. What? And all these images that we keep seeing. The mom and dad, the farmhouse, these are all planted images that have been incepted into our brain by Dr. Sushong and Tenenbaum as like a fake backstory. Yes. And what? And we will find out who set this all up here in a few seconds. So, Sean, pick it up. Wait, oh, wait, hold on. How did you figure that out? I don't know if it's in an audio diary or if it's in... If it's in like in you know newspaper clippings and notes on the wall, but around here is where you start to. I'm gonna have to go back to that area. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I guess in my playthrough, it is you know when when you're talking about it after the fact, it is very heavy-handed. But like I didn't pay attention to. There's stuff written in blood like all over the place so right there's something that says would you kindly on the wall it's like oh that's creepy and you uh move along well and at this point it's i think we're led to believe that andrew ryan figured this out right i mean this is in his office sure like so i think andrew ryan is piecing this all together that like this person is my is of my genes and let's quit beating around the bush and then get to the get to the big twist here yeah. Well, so in in one of sorry, in one of the audio logs, it talks about the Vita chambers. Yes. Vita chambers, Vita chambers. Yep. And they talked about how they 
They only um, work for Andrew Ryan. Yes, they were only, for whatever reason, Andrew Ryan only programmed them to be compatible with his DNA or his genetics or That's something. That's exactly right, yes. And, but we can use them. But we can use them. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. So, Sean, tell us why. We, what is going on here? So, yes, we get to this room where we can see Andrew Ryan, and he calmly walks over through the door and greets us. And it's a cutscene where, you know, you're not able to really do much but interact with, with Andrew Ryan. And, yes, he brings to light, you know, he's, he has a couple-minute speech here of, of, I don't know if he goes into full detail of saying, like, you're my offspring and blah, blah, blah. But uh, essentially, he has caught on to it. He knows he is at his demise. And he reveals to you that you were actually born in Rapture. Then says, Atlas is not who you think he is. And there is a little montage of revealing that would you kindly is a phrase that you've been hypnotized by to always answer yes. You know, you always do the thing when, when would you kindly is uh, prefaced by the directive. And yeah, then there's a flashback the... of all the times that Atlas tells you, would you kindly? And there's a flashback to the uh, plane crash, I think. And, and um, a couple of different flashbacks of throughout the gameplay. The insinuation is that you hijack that plane. That you're actually on that plane, and then Atlas. There's the note that. Yes, he, wake, he note. wakes you yeah. up. What's the phrase? I don't know. There's like a phrase for like he, but he he activates you. That's the word. He activates you uh-huh. on the plane with the note, and then you hijack the plane and bring it down right above Rapture, so that mm-hmm. you can, you know, that that starts this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that he was up to no good. I, I never will say, trusted him. I will say Ashley called it from the beginning. I mean, not the whole twist, of course, but she called that Atlas was a. Uh, you know, suspicious character from the get-go. I didn't yeah. trust him. I don't know that I had that same inkling the first time I played it. So I'm, yes. I'm, uh, so it turns out her, her, her Sherlock Holmes glasses on. Yes. So it turns out that Atlas has been, is, is Frank Fontaine and he's been Frank Fontaine this whole time. Uh, he's not dead. He's been acting, uh, as Atlas this, uh, whole time. And you've been doing his bidding for him. And there's a very, in the similar way of Andrew Ryan from the first time we see him as a big statue before we enter Rapture that says, no gods, uh, only... No kings. Yeah, no no kings, kings. no gods, only man. He has this very, like, King Lear-type speech where he says, men say, or I don't know, something about only slaves obey. Uh, Men can say no, slaves obey, or something. Yeah, to that effect, way more eloquently and profoundly, and <laughs> just uh, and then is basically says, "Would you kindly kill me or or something?" He gives you us a directive, and we as game players cannot do anything but watch as we brutally murder uh, our father. I guess in a way, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. He um, and he Ryan. does it to prove a point, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's like. Uh... His final like, you're not my to... son. <laughs> you're yeah. a slave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so once, yeah, once Andrew Ryan has been 
uh, brutally murdered by us. There's like this, uh, uh, like television like cent- screen, like central or command, central command sort of thing that you, I said Andrew Ryan or like Rapture, and then it changes instantaneously to Frank Fontaine or whatever, and uh, you know you get the evil villain laugh uh, mm-hmm. as he's like, <laughs> "Thanks, kid." Uh, you know, yeah. couldn't have done it without you. Um, Drops his fake accent, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It basically, like, you you were the weapon the whole time, and uh, but now you're a liability, so nice knowing you, and sends some security bots to do away with you. Um, so, if I can interject here, another fun fact, if you're a fan of Avatar, the cartoon, mm-hmm. yes, or Avatar, the first airbender, uh, the voice of Frank Fontaine the is... The last airbender. What did I say? The first? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I lost all my my nerd cred Jeez. just right there. <laughs> the last Airbender, not the movie, <laughs> but the show. Uh, so Frank Fontaine is played by Greg Baldwin, who uh, is the voice of the second Uncle Iroh. So I don't know if you notice between seasons two and three of the Last Airbender, uh, Uncle Iroh's voice changes a mm. bit. It's like. Not even noticeable. Unless you notice it. Like, unless you're told, maybe. Then <laughs> but <you'll>... even, even <laughs> then, even then, yeah. it, it's good. But he's originally, uh, Uncle Iroh, so originally played by the actor Mako, but yeah. um, he, he passed away in between seasons two and three, and so they replaced Uncle Iroh with, with Greg Baldwin, who also plays Frank Fontaine. Hmm. Nice. Fun fact. So, yes, um, Frank Fontaine basically... <clears throat> Once you dead now that you've done all, all you know his his dirty work for him, so you have to fend off some security bots. And in the meantime, we've got some little sisters that you saved who come to your aid and show you a way to safety down in the sewers, which is like where uh, uh, these where the little sisters live. Uh, yeah, this was and- super interesting. Now, would your story have been different if you hadn't have saved all those little sisters at this part? No. They still would have come? Yep. Would there not? So my little sister sewer underground area was full of children because I saved them. Um, But curious if there would only be a couple, you know? Right. I think that the insinuation is that in this place, um, Tenenbaum has been also working to free the little sisters. Yeah, she had a change of heart. Yeah, because there's a... So Bridget Tenenbaum, I don't know how... I can't remember how much we've talked about her A little already. bit. I talked about her a little bit with yeah. the audio logs. But she... Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, she definitely she definitely is like very remorseful about her uh, part in making the little sisters. And so she's, yeah. she's on a mission to free them. I can't remember, remember what changed her mind because initially she was like, I have no maternal instincts. I don't care about these creatures i I don't want them to touch me and then she had a change of heart but i don't remember what triggered it i think just seeing them yeah yeah i don't know her backstory is quite interesting tendenbaum Mm -hmm. because she was like a nazi scientist yeah i liked her audio logs a lot and Mm. she so she talks about having like no like basically no morals Mm -hmm. and then so this heel turn where she's like trying to make amends but i mean also like maybe she can never fully make amends right she still partook in the horrors yep that were just a couple years before 
So I think this is maybe where I pick up here. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, Olympus Heights. But before we get there, we're, we're still in, in Tenenbaum's safe house. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting uh, point for me. I don't know if you notice this. Anytime that she talks, you never see her. And very few people actually who talk, do you ever see them? Like, I think Andrew Ryan's one of the only person whose face matches the lip sync to his mm. voice because mm-hmm. you're right up close to him. It's almost like they had the budget for one character and then the other sure. characters, they, they couldn't afford to animate. And so when Tenenbaum's talking to you in this scene, mm-hmm. she's like in another room. Yeah. But she like the, she's backlit. So it's really only like her silhouette that's talking to you. Yeah. Mm. And it was very striking to me. Like, I found it a little bit strange, uh, but it, I mean, it worked. Okay. But yeah, yeah, sure. But you wake up in a bed and Tenenbaum is, ex- she's kind of explaining the situation to you that you were programmed, you know, you, I think that, I think she gives you a little bit of hints that you were essentially grown artificially, perhaps, mm-hmm. but that you are being mind controlled. Now she mm-hmm. has broken some of the mind control. So Fontaine cannot fully control you but he still has the ability to do you harm and you need to break you know the first step here is to break the mind control and now now our objective has switched from all things andrew ryan to all things frank fontaine Mm yeah we've flipped sides in this civil war we had no idea we were taking a part in (laughs) right and uh so tenenbaum tells you that there's a I forget what she calls it. It's like a, it's a chemical lot 192. Right. Yeah. That they experimented with and she thinks can break the mind control. And And there should be some in Dr. Sushong's apartment who is the guy who. And her apartment too. Yeah. And her. Well, yeah. It's actually a little bit unclear to me. Like. Whose apartments. Yeah. yeah. Because you you end up going to quite a few of them. Right. There's like a couple doses or something that you have to take. Right. Well, we don't know that yet. We just. We just need to know we need to get one. At the moment, we need to get one dose. Yeah. And we go to, uh, we make our way to Olympus Heights. Uh, before we do that, can we just talk a little bit about all the little sisters in yeah, the yeah. safe house? And they're just like playing games and they're kids. they've got like teddy bears all over. I know, but it's just interesting, right? I mean, I, these are the saved little sisters. Yes. Right? Yes. There's none of them that are in here are the. Um, the ones that are currently. The, the hyped up ones full yeah. of Adam. Yeah. These are all the, the rescued little sisters. Yep, that's right. So there's like, aren't there like gifts around that you could you could open or you could take or like treats or candies or something that I you could eat? I did eat one of their candies. <laughs> I thought that I had done quite a lot for them. And <laughs> I was... deserved a treat? Deserved a treat. I had been through a lot, frankly. It was <laughs> traumatic. <laughs> Taking a golf club to my father's head who yeah it's intense yes the whole thing you know <laughs> and so i ate this treat was it right in front of her yeah what'd she do she said hey <laughs> yeah. what are you doing <laughs> and then i ran up the stairs i ran, ran away, away from her yes okay but yeah they're yeah they're cute though they're all over and i just want um, to talk about you know seeing all these rescued yeah. Little sisters. Well, and you actually, to get out of the safe house, you have to follow one of the little sisters out, and she kind of leads you out. And this is a thing that will come into play here. Now they're, now you're their ally. Yeah. Right? Come on, mister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we exit the safe house. Before we get into the 
transportation, you know, the road essentially that leads us to Mount Olympus. Fontaine, who we, I think we probably still have that radio or something, you know, Fontaine gets on the, you know, gets on the radio and says, well, if I can't control you, I'll just kill you, but I'll make it slow. And he like talks about how he's trying to make your, he can just make your heart stop. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden your health goes way down yep. mm-hmm. and you see red coming around the screen. And you're like in the sewers right now. You're in the sewers. Yes. Fontaine is still out to get you. And so there's like a urgency <laughs> mm-hmm. to you yeah. releasing yourself of this mind control. Mm-hmm. I will also, I just had this thought uh, a minute ago while we were talking about the, the mind control. If you think about it, the only time in this game so far, I think, you know, listeners can, can tweet at us at Uncredible Gamer if, you're, if we're wrong, that the only time you're given really a choice to do anything in this game is with Sander Cohen. Like, you can either right. kill him or not kill him. Yeah. And that is the one well, place so far in this game that Atlas is locked out. For, like, the radio communications are down. And Atlas yeah. did not talk to you at all in the Fort Frolic section. Yeah. Correct. You could also choose to rescue or harvest little sisters. Yeah, that is true. Some, yeah, that's right. That's right. Although, so that is another telltale sign of Atlas, I think, said... He doesn't say, would you kindly harvest them, but he's like... He doesn't like, command you, yeah. He says, you should harvest them because mm-hmm. you that need is this the, Adam that, stuff. That is the only other choice. You're right. You're right. And I think that that's more for... Um, I, I read that Ken Levine originally was only... Like, the whole little sister thing was very off-putting to the team at first. Like, little girls that are, you yeah. know, kind that's of fair. use as scary things. And originally... The little sisters would just be around, and then you could save them or not. Or no, I think you could save them, and then a big daddy would come out and attack you, and you have to fight the big daddy after having, you know, dealt with the big with the little sister, which is opposite of the order of events here. You have to take care of the big daddy mm-hmm. before you can, before you can rescue or harvest one of the little sisters. And the reason why they flipped it is because Ken Levine thought, well, we're punishing the players for doing the right thing. Right, we're le- we're giving them that choice, mm-hmm. and if and then when they rescue them, then the big daddy comes and they have a penalty associated sure. with with making a, being a good being the good choice. I think originally in the game there was only the good ending. That and we'll get to this. I'm spoiling a little bit, but the publisher really wanted a choice aspect mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. game, and so that led I think the team down the path of of offering the bad ending. And I'm not sure if that ties into the fact that there's a decision. Mm-hmm. Sure. Be- because if you're going to have two endings, you have to allow the player to sure. decide yeah. to do, <laughs> to go the good route or the bad route. And, right. And therefore, so I don't know if that's the decision there, but the Sander Cohen thing, it's the only spot in the game where Atlas cannot literally cannot tell you what to do. And so yeah. it strikes me that that is a very meta, I hope well-intentioned thing that, Sander could live if because Alice doesn't tell you to kill him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. So we escape the sewers, or we get out of the sewers, and we uh, enter Olympus Heights, which is essentially the uh, upper class apartment block. Mm-hmm. You're right, right of Rapture, mm-hmm. which is my number. Uh, let me see, three. Your number section. three. Yes. What, tell me why. So I know you're going to talk about the apartments, but I just thought the 
whole apartment section of Olympus Heights was really cool. How they had, you know, different levels and you could go in and you could explore all these different apartments of all these different people that you've encountered via like the audio logs and things. So it was super interesting to get to go into their apartments to see a little bit more about their personalities and just see how these people lived in Rapture. And the aesthetic of this area was really cool. I'm I'm a sucker for cool hotels. <laughs> so, you know, this apartment setting kind of reminded me of a hotel and it was just really classy and cool. So, yeah, I just really liked exploring all of the different apartments. Or perhaps it was classy and cool because it is in a uh state at this point yeah dear lord yes yes i should say that it it would have been classy <laughs> and cool in its heyday now it's a bit of a hot mess but yeah. yes it's funny i was gonna say of all the locales that we have this is maybe towards the bottom of my list just because it's it's the least fantastical part of the game like it's apartments, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, you still get you still get the under you know underwater city from the in the views mm-hmm. of from the windows of the apartments, which is but really not as cool. much. Yeah. But it's you know I think you see it less, and it's definitely a you know perhaps um, the most realistic in quotes section, which is why I'd maybe put it at the bottom of my list of yeah. of interesting places. But I do agree with you about the ability to see into the lives of these these folks that we've been following. A lot of them had some pretty cool libraries. Yeah. The apartments that we can go into are Suchong's, which I believe is the first one. We're trying to find the the uh, the serum that will break the mind control. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get in there and we find that it's not here, I think. <laughs> but his apartment's flooded or on fire. There's just a, It's a state. There's splicers in the kitchens and in the everywhere yep. mm-hmm. that are that are, you know, just making the... You know, squatter squatter laws in Rapture. There are no laws in Rapture. <laughs> right, no laws. <laughs> All men for themselves. Yep, lots of squatters. Except if you're a smuggler, that's a capital offense. So there are some laws. There are lots but... of creepy TVs on. Yeah. There's one, there's this one abandoned apartment that is probably, to me, the most chilling place in the entire game. And it's it's one of the upper abandoned apartments. I don't think you have to go into it. But there's just a family, just a dead family. Yeah sitting uh watching their tv that's still on i think it's like tuned to some dead station mm-hmm. but they're just sitting around in their sofas that are facing each other yeah that was and really there creepy. are abandoned there are like splicers roaming around it it is it was chilling yeah. yeah it was chilling there was another apartment um that had like a piano playing or like a record playing i don't know if you guys went into that one and there was i think it was some splicers they were like dancing this is in Sander Cohen's apartment you're talking about. Okay. So, yes, there was a like a piano auto auto piano playing. And it was splicers pl- that, that were a, dancing, right? Yeah, there were two Houdini splicers. Yeah. Uh, you know, splicers are just people, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. They are they're or those is that that's a player piano, I believe, is what that's called. Yeah. So there's a player piano or maybe it was no, it's a it's not a it's a jukebox. It was just like a record player. It's a jukebox. Player. It's a record player. Yeah. And they don't notice you. You can walk up to them. You yeah. can like just like go up in their face. No big deal. But as soon as you do anything that turns their music off, then they attack. They freak the fuck out. Yep. And they attack you for yep. turning their music off. I turned the music off yes. and I paid the price. Yes. <laughs> um and but this is Sandra Cohen's apartment and there's a door that if you killed him 
cannot be opened. But if you didn't kill him, he will come out and then unlock the door. And then I think up there, there's like a weapon upgrade station. I, this is the okay. rumor. I couldn't find this out because, again, yeah. he, was, he had to pay. And um, so, Sean, if you would have went in there, I don't know that you did. Your face is telling me that maybe you are unfamiliar with this whole thing. Yeah, I, I don't think I spent much time. You know, th- this game, this this game, these, I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time exploring. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You're on a mission. You had to get your serum. Exactly. B- Bioshock exactly. is best played with a fine glass of wine and, and time. <laughs> 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 but anyway, um, yeah, so we go into Sushong's apartment. The serum's not there. Tenenbaum says, oh, I think I have some. Let's go to my apartment. It's on the second floor. Now, I will say in this place, I throughout the game, my strategy was to hack everything. I think I mentioned that earlier, yeah. including the security cameras. I swear by this strategy, hack every single security camera you can find, and then the splicers will see it. They'll get attacked. The security bots will go after them, and you'll hear it. You'll just hear the cacophony of yeah. security bots, alarms going off, and it'll come up blue instead of red, like the sign, you know, that says that there's a timer counting down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the sweetest thing in the world. Cause that it's was like... really nice. I did start <laughs> hacking the security cameras in this section. Oh, so they sweet. were easier for me to get to yeah. in this area. And so I would be exploring these apartments and turning on the sinks and turning on the bathtubs. Cause you could mess with everything. And then I would get the alerts like, Oh, security uh, detected. And it was like, Oh, well, they're taking care of the oh, splicers so nice. that are coming for me. That's nice. The symphony of security cameras yeah. that were working for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one other apartment that I got to call out is Anna Culpepper's apartment. And she was a, I think in the, I don't know if she had audio logs, perhaps she did. I but think so. She, the name sounds familiar. Yeah. She was definitely referenced in some of them. She mm-hmm. was a singer who became an outspoken critic of Sander Cohen and Andrew Ryan. And in their vast hypocrisy of freedom, Andrew Ryan decided that Anna Culpepper had to die because of the propaganda that she was singing about them, in their opinion. And so he hires his head of security, Security Chief Sullivan, to basically, they call it, they say bumper or something, I think is the phrase they use. And so then you get an audio log from him in her apartment about how he regretted it. And I think he took a blanket from her apartment to always remind himself of the fact that he did this horrible thing. And then he quit the security department, and it was never heard from again after that. Um, Sounds familiar. But you can she she's in the bathtub in the in the apartment. If you there's yeah. like a in her in her apartment. So Ugh. horrible stories, Yikes. full just full of horribleness. Why do you make me play this game? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so we make our way to Tenenbaum's apartment, and we're going through it filled with splicers. We go to the second floor. Or no, I'm sorry, we, we have to go above, her apartment's locked, so we have to go from like an abandoned apartment above hers and drop down. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find that whatever serum she had has been ransacked by the splicers, you know, horrible things are written on the wall. And it's insinuated that Frank Fontaine stole all of her valuable stuff and is, is keeping it in his place. So that's our next objective or our last stop to look is in Fran- Fontaine's apartment. So... There's like an elevator shaft in the middle that we have to go up, but it's locked by a security code, and you can find it on the audio log at the very top of the of the uh, Olympus Heights apartment block, where like a paparazzi guy like tells you what the security code is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you go in there, and Frank Fontaine's got this rock garden 
after you climb the elevator, you know? Oh, yeah. I remember that being so random. Yeah, yeah. This, like, you know, he's just living, he's living lavishly. Yeah. Take care of some, there's a security camera, whatever, get past that. Then you get into his apartment, and there's this gigantic bear that's staring you down as soon as you walk in. This guy is just, you know. Living his best life. Living some (laughs) kind of life. He's he's one of these, you know, one percenters of rapture. (laughs) (laughs) And... So, yeah, so we make his way to like we make our way to I think his bedroom where we find one of the one of the serums. We take it and things go a little hazy. Fontaine has lost control over us. He cannot hurt us anymore. Throughout this whole time, he's been periodically hurting us, right? Mm-hmm. But we lose all control of our plasmids. Right, right. They start going crazy. They start going crazy. They change every once in a while. Now I got to ask you guys: Did you use this as an opportunity? To experiment a little bit with the plasmids that you had available to you at the moment, or did you just say, screw it, I'm using my weapons? I found that I had some plasmids I didn't know I had. Well, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> I don't think you oh. necessarily had them. They well, were just... Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I, not really. You know, I didn't use plasmids a whole heck of a lot in my playthrough. I kind of stuck with the weapons, so it didn't affect me much aside from, like, having to switch back over to my weapon. When every 30 seconds when it would flip to a new plasmid or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. I would, st- I w- <laughs> would use them and see what happened pretty much, except when it was hypnotized Big Daddy, because I, I knew that wouldn't work on the splicers yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But I was just using whatever it gave me. It didn't really bother me too much that it was kind of going crazy. It was interesting. It, it changed the gameplay a little bit. So I liked it. I liked that little surprise element. Yeah. Um, so Sushong then says, okay, we need another dose in order to get this thing under control. Tenenbaum. No, I'm sorry, yeah. Tenenbaum. Tenenbaum says this. And she says, well, Sushong had labs in the in Apollo Square. So go there and see if you can find the other another bit of the serum. So we make our way across town <laughs> yeah. into the Apollo Square. And this place is a, we thought the Olympus Heights was a mess. This place is a disaster. Is this mm-hmm. where there's like a, oh. like a train almost? We're, that's on the way. But okay. this place has got like the scaffolding with the bodies, like people are hanging from the scaffolding. And oh, so yeah. the, the backstory here is that Andrew Ryan decided that he was going to use this as like a camp and take and he was going to throw people here who were not loyal to him. Okay. And so he had like public executions. And this is really like the turn for Andrew Ryan where he becomes just full on, you know, authoritarian villain. dictator yeah. Mm-hmm. villain. Yeah. So we wander through the Apollo uh, Square. And again, it's a disaster here. But this is maybe kind of where it's the a- it's a little bit more poverty stricken. I think that there there's are like a lot of houses. splicers and there's a lot of splicers around. Yes. Mm hmm. Uh, we make our way into Sushong's lab and get the other serum, and then and the and the sporadic plasmid debacle that we found ourselves in, and that's pretty much it. I don't think there's much to drag out here. I mean, yeah, obviously, in my non-exploring playthrough, I feel like we're I don't know now the curtain is revealed, and it's all about getting to Fontaine and the end games in sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yep. Now, there is one place you can go to that you absolutely don't have to, and it's, I think, called the Hestia Chambers. This opens up after you 
fix the plasmid situation. And it, it, it houses Fontaine's House for the Poor. And this is a group, it's like a home where Fontaine opened it up as like a charitable thing as, as an, in an attempt to recruit people for his side. Mm-hmm. But he also used it to recruit orphaned girls to become little sisters, as we'll find right. later. Mm-hmm. And he recruited people to become big daddies. And so it's uh, really, you know, not what it appears to be, right? Yeah. Are we directed to go through that area no, at all? No, you're not. No. Okay, because yeah, no. I don't think no, I, at this point I don't you think can I went just through there. Go, you can just move on to Point Prometheus. But, um, but I, I didn't, and I explained, I explored this area. And this is where we get to the conclusion of Diane McClintock's story. I brought her up earlier in the show. She was the girlfriend or she whatever was, of Andrew Ryan, yeah, right? Yeah, that got who, attacked. Who got attacked in the New Year's Eve party and yeah. then had run-ins with Steinman. And at some point, she turns sides. Right. I think she sees what Andrew Ryan did in Olympus or in Apollo Square and said, this is too much, mm-hmm. and then joins Atlas. Now, at some point, it gets a little bit convoluted, but at some point, Fontaine is killed, theoretically. People think Fontaine dies. Yes. And so Atlas is the character that rises up mm-hmm. and takes hold of whatever Fontaine's backing had, but makes it like a movement of the people instead of Fontaine's kind of smuggling movement for right. power. So yeah. Yeah. Atlas gets more people on his side by being this like mm, this benevolent character out for the common man. Mm-hmm. Right. And don't we start seeing signs that say Atlas lives? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Or like writing on the wall. Yeah, these people are following Atlas for sure. And so Diane McClintock turns and follows Atlas. Mm. So she becomes a supporter from Mm -hmm. Atlas. And I think at this point, Fontaine has either had surgery and he looks differently or there's some something because I think he's still a person that people interface with. Mm -hmm. And Diane McClintock in Hestia Chambers there's an area that's like it's their headquarters. There's like a, a room full of guns and it's where the plant there's maps on the uh, laid out on tables. And if you walk into these back chambers, you find a body that's like on the table that is Diane McClintock and you pick oh. up her audio log. This is the only way you interface with these people. Apparently is through their, their memories. Their diaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Diane McClintock walked in on Fontaine who she, who everybody thought was Atlas, he was doing a voice recording, like a voice memo, in his normal voice. So she busted in on him, realized, caught him being Fontaine instead okay. of Atlas. So then he kills her so that his oh. secret doesn't get out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is her. So she really, this one character really brings you through the whole story. Yeah. From the night that Fontaine's guys attack mm-hmm. the, the party through her dealing with Steinman all the way to this end where she kind of explains the whole Atlas Fontaine thing through her audio logs, which is, which is kind of a cool, it's a cool way to get more texture for the story. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have written down on my notes, fire, ice, lightning. <laughs> and I have no idea why. So fire listeners ice. write in if you can figure out my notes to myself. Okay. Huh. We make our way after this to point Prometheus. Okay, we hop in the bathysphere, and at this point, we're chasing Fontaine. We see Fontaine. He leads us into this hallway, and uh, don't bother shooting at him because you can't do anything. And he leads you into what is 
I guess what's it's just called Point Prometheus. I think this area used to be a museum. It has been repurposed, mm-hmm. and he like blocks the exit. And now Tenenbaum tells you that you have to become a big daddy yeah. in order to direct a little sister to let you through the door. <laughs> yep. Right. So that, thus you embark on the final fetch quest. We can't just <laughs> blow up the door. We have no, to. <laughs> no. And I will say Point Prometheus here, my third favorite location, because we get what is probably the most interesting set of fetch quests to become a big daddy. Right. And you get really, I mean, this is just, it's more creepiness, right? But it's creepy about, it's, it's, it's texture for who these little sisters are, how they made them, how they made the big daddies, what purpose they serve. And it's just all horrifying. Yeah. It frankly. Didn't, it didn't make it into my top three locations, but would definitely get an honorable mention yeah. for sure. I thought it was very interesting. So I, I put it as my top one. I think. I just, I don't know, I found it interesting that we, as as Jack or whoever, we become a big daddy. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, so there are three areas to explore, and we have three groups of fetch quests to get. And there, this mm-hmm. is, again, I think, I think the most interesting set of fetch quests. The first one that I did, at least, was gathering the pheromones to smell like a big daddy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, this is all this is all an attempt to trick the little sisters into thinking that we are a big daddy. I don't think we but go through like the whole us. thing. Well, I guess the, the rescued ones like us, not the other right. ones yet. Well, right. that is a plot hole, I will say, because yeah. these are sure. rescued ones that come out that we're protecting. So, yeah. yeah. So, let's... No. Yeah. Yeah, they no. are. No. Yes. No. I promise you that these are rescued ones. We have to, we walk with them and we have to protect them while they're sucking the atom out of corpses. The rescued ones don't do that. Yeah, they do. Tenenbaum says, how sad that even without the atom, they still are, they still remember to do this. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I know. Fine. Point for Brandon. Extra horrifying, but it's true. But also, yes, plot point because they like helped you through the door when you were at the safe house or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yes, this is it. Yeah, perhaps we've stumbled on the plot hole. So, Little Wonders is the first place that I started to get these pheromones. This is where they sort of train the little sisters, and they do the brainwashing thing here. There's a room you go into, and there's like there's a screen with a big daddy on it and a screen with a lady on it. Mm Mm-hmm. And if they press the button with the lady, they get shocked. And if they press the button with the big daddy, they get uh, candy or something or chips. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just like Pavlovian. They're like conditioning, conditioning yeah. these girls yeah. to wanting to be paired with the big daddies. There's rooms where they're clearly locked into. And if you mm-hmm. do it, like the buttons still work. If you press the one with the woman, you get shocked and your health goes down. Yes, that is true. <laughs> And so spread around here are the pheromones. You have to get X amount. And then once that's done, you move on. Mm -hmm. The next place I went to was called Optimize Eugenics. This is where they condition people to become big daddies. So I spent the least amount of time here, I think, because it was, I I didn't really What did you need to get from that? This is where your voice became, like they they modified your voice box to sound like a big daddy. Okay. Yeah. I don't really remember that. Perhaps another plot point. It's unclear if you sound like a big daddy for the rest of your your existence or not. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But um, you make your way through that area and and get the voice box modulator. I don't remember this super well. Right. But I do remember fail safe armed escorts. But we also never hear a big daddy talk. So. They, no, they do. They, they make groan. noises. They go. They sound like yeah. whales. Well, mm-hmm. do we need a voice box modulator to 
grown? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a good, it's a good question. But it's a, it's a. Apparently, it's an important part. Uh, maybe Tenenbaum was just fucking with us here. I, you know, yeah. we're on a wild goose chase. It, that's the plot. I mean, that avoids the potholes. That Tenenbaum is like, let's have just a little fun before this whole thing's over. <laughs> She's a little. <laughs> I twisted. could send a little sister to help you, but this is better. <laughs> so you get your voice box modulated. Then I went to failsafe armed escorts, which is where they have like the armor for the big daddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get a bodysuit. You put the helmet on. You find the helmet, and your vision's restricted into the circle, uh-huh. yeah. which is uh-huh. fun. Not you put the boots yeah. on, and you you can walk a little bit faster. It seems. Oh, okay, or, I and, don't know. Yeah, that, it felt like that. It was to clumpy. Me a bit. Or or it was completely in your head, but it worked. So that's yeah. Hey, let's go yeah. with it. But the yeah. boots are not where they should be. That's like a plot point. Is you get to it some yeah, area they're like and, in the library in the library, and, and they got yeah. delivered to the library instead. And so mm. the, there's like a couple of Houdini splicers hanging out in the library, and you take yeah. care of them and get the yeah. boots. And then you're a fully formed big daddy. The other yeah. thing that's cool about this is like it was clearly a museum. I think because there's like stuff on the walls in some points and. It's still, it feels like this was a museum that turned into a, there's like wings, the separate wings and the mm-hmm. areas that got mm-hmm. repurposed. And, and it's, I think it's fun when like a, as a designer, they would go into this saying, okay, this is the layout of the area, build a museum. Yeah. They now, designed now, it twice. Yeah. yeah. Now design it so that they turn this thing into these other things. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. And made this texture. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then. We get to my least favorite part of the game. <laughs> so I can't you, imagine that's not hard. So yeah. you bang on the the area where the little sisters come out, and then a little sister comes yeah. and helps you through the door, and this opens into the proving grounds. Now, this very clearly was a museum because there's display yes. cases, there's right, right, yeah, there's everything. Yeah, you know, like window. Yes, yes, exactly. Or- Alleys. Yeah. Um, laneways or whatever with the you know rails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and the goal here is to guide the little sister to the end of this proving grounds to get to Fontaine. Fontaine's mm-hmm. on the other side of this, yeah. And you basically just have to escort the little sister. But as we mentioned, as we alluded to earlier, they're still programmed to harvest Adam from uh. these corpses, and so there's these like staging, there's yeah. like these staged corpses that are left and then they do their little thing with their needle and at that point you're you know swarmed with splicers and yeah and this part was challenging for sure yeah. well because your vision was so restricted with the big daddy helmet that yeah. a lot of times i couldn't see that there was a splicer coming until my health was <laughs> yeah. get going down which meant that someone mm-hmm. was nearby or you you also had the little sister's health on your right. screen too exactly so that told you if someone was you know, attacking her too. I I got pretty close to to losing. to losing my little sister. I did. I lost the first one. I felt real bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Takes me back, Brandon, to uh, uh, 007 Goldeneye. Natasha, Natalia, yeah. Natalia, Natalia. Yeah. Oh, that's whole, that that levels escort levels are almost universally unenjoyable in my experience. <laughs> what happened when you lost the little sister? Well, you have to go find another one. Tenenbaum right? makes you feel real bad about it, as if I didn't already feel pretty <laughs> bad about it. And then she sends you another one. Okay. It's like, don't lose this one. And I'm like, I didn't want to lose the first one. <laughs> so I didn't sign up to be a bodyguard. So anyway, you peruse your way through these things. And it's clearly set up like, like the turrets are supposed to be what you're defending the little sisters against. 
because I don't think in the Proving Grounds they had splicers on command necessarily. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they did. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up at this point. So. That's true. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, though, you get to an area and you see a big daddy that's just going haywire. Like up at the top, he's like, he can't get to you, but he like, I think clearly wants to get to you or he's just going nutso in general. I don't know if he's just, just disheveled, but you see him throughout and then you get to like the end and he busts through a wall. Oh yeah. (laughs) And then you have to take on that last, like the final big daddy who clearly knows you're not a big daddy, that you're an imposter big daddy. Mm -hmm. Sure. And you dispatch him and then you make it through the proving grounds into this little oasis of ammo. (laughs) That's always a sign. Anything that you could ever want. That's Uh always a sign that there's a big battle coming when there's lots of ammo. Yes. (laughs) Right. And (laughs) clearly the game's almost over. Stock up because you're going to take on the big guy. Mm -hmm. And throughout this, though, you hear how Fontaine's been, he's been getting spliced up. You right. hear this, you hear like little anecdotes about how he's using a bunch of Adam. Yep. He runs Rapture, so he's, he's again, becoming uber powerful and is going a little bit crazy with it. And yep. we're still in our Big Daddy suit, right? I think we ditch it. We don't fight Fontaine in the Big Daddy suit. I think we... We don't? Throughout. I can't remember. No, I don't think we... I think we, we take it off somewhere. I don't know okay. if it's clear where. At some point, our vision becomes fully formed, okay. I think. Unclear if we still sound like a whale, but... <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> so we know that he's spliced up. We know at this point, I think Tenenbaum's told us the only way to beat him is to get rid of the atom in his system. Yeah. And so a little sister's hanging out of one of her little sister holes <laughs> with a big needle and yeah. a syringe. Handing you, it took me forever to find this girl. By the way, like I didn't know what I was supposed to be looking for, what I was supposed to do, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just missed it for a good a good few minutes, and then finally grabbed it. Yeah, and then we go up the elevator on our way to Fontaine's lair. Yep, where he's presumably been this entire time. I guess no, mm-hmm. he hasn't. We just chased him. We yeah. chased him here, but this right, is because the, the little sisters they had to open that door for us, right? That yeah, to get goes into this to like area. the elevator or something yes. to go up. Yep. And Fontaine, that's what, sorry, going back to my notes here, that's what the fire, ice, lightning is. That is the order of attacks that Fontaine ah. attacks you with uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, when okay. he is a spliced up madman. Yeah. Yes. You always find the patterns. Well, yeah, I read that, I think. And I, had to, <laughs> I mean, I fought him, but I don't know that I would have picked <laughs> yeah. that up necessarily. Also, I have my notes, grab the syringe. You're the little sister now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> and so you fight this supercharged little sister. Sorry. Nope. You fight this supercharged Fontaine. Yes. Supercharged little sister. That would be the horror. That would be uh, the worst way to end this game. That if would you be had to terrible. Fight, like, a crazy little sister. Oh, my God. Well, and, and let's speak to, like, the look of Fontaine all spiced up. He looks like. It's like uh, neon. Mr. Freeze. He or looks like, like Mr. Negative. Who's the other guy? Who's the other guy? Mr. Uh, who's the bad guy in those movies? In the Fantastic Four is Dr. The Silver, Sur- Silver Surfer or whatever? Or Dr. No. Doom? Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom. Yeah. yeah. He looks like Dr. Doom. Or, and a, yeah, like a mix of, between Dr. Doom and um, what's the guy from uh, uh, the um, new, it's, it's comic, The Watchmen. Oh, oh Dr. Are they all doctors? <laughs> no, I'm not familiar know. with Watchmen. He's the yellow. He's the Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, yes. yeah. They are all doctors. Yeah, but yeah, he's like 
just crazy, like huge, homogenous looking. Yeah, no like clothed. a statue almost. Yeah, yeah. like a Hulk. Like a, a neon, yeah, yeah. yeah no, neon he's Hulk. crazy. He's crazy looking, and yeah. he attacks you with all of his powers. Yep. And he's like in this like contraption mm-hmm. that makes him look very. You know, I hate to I hate to allude to it, but like he's on the cross or something. He's got his arms out and his sure. legs are down sure. on side, down in front of him. And um, he attacks you. I think maybe you you take the syringe to him first, and then he starts attacking yeah. you. Yes. You just have to you have to do enough damage to him that makes him want to go back to right. his to recharge. And then when he's recharging, you you do the syringe and you do this, the obligatory three times or whatever that yeah. is the you know the magic number in video game bosses. Uh-huh. And throughout, security bots are showing up and. And uh, are splicers coming too? Splicers are uh-huh. coming uh-huh. to his defense. Of course, I see. I like in this intense battle. I think I hacked like three security bots, and so like crazy, crazy, crazy. Let me do this puzzle. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Let me Time do out. this other puzzle. <laughs> but then they were just like going after him. It was great. So you do the final syringing, and then he like knocks you. Oh yes, Ashley. Um, I just have to say before I get too far that I had to beat Fontaine. Twice. Yes, you did. You did. The game what? froze on you. I oh, beat it. No. I beat him like beautifully. Like I, I just killed it. I nailed it. <laughs> and then the game froze. Oh no! And I think I was getting audio, but no video. Yeah, and, you were. Yes, yes. And it was froze. And I just waited to see if it would catch up, and it never did. So then I had to go back to my last save point, which restarted the boss battle and i did Uh, not defeat him the second time quite as beautifully i was really disappointed (laughs) the story we'll get to in a later show i'm sure final fantasy 10 same exact story rented that game about 10 times from from hollywood video Uh and i I beat the final boss and the final cutscene to play for the game of freeze so i go back to my last save and i beat the game i tried to beat that game five times i beat that boss five different times And like, it never, like there's a scratch on the disc and yeah, it never went right, past the right. thing. I had to rent the game again <laughs> mm-hmm. just to see how it ended, even though I beat it. We'll talk about that later, I'm sure. So we beat Fontaine. He, you syringe him for the final time. He knocks you across the room and is going to put an end to you. Even though we beat him, he's going to win. And he's like swaggering. He's kind of drunk looking. And then, okay, so no matter what happens, I believe, I've never, I've not watched the bad ending, but mm-hmm. in the good ending, what happens is the little sisters yes. swarm en masse, mm-hmm. hopefully because they like you as they're, you know, as somebody who has helped rescue them. Maybe you just look like a big daddy. <laughs> I don't know. Unclear. But they come and they swarm Fontaine and just with many syringes, just take care of this guy. And in what is poetic justice let's say because fontaine i don't know that we mentioned fontaine was integral in establishing this system of the little sister big Mm -hmm. big daddy you know they they flock and And they flock and then they you know andrew ryan bought fontaine labs or took it over after he died and so Mm -hmm. like he started it and then andrew ryan took it over yeah so anyway in this poetic justice this guy who created this horrible system is defeated by his victims. Mm-hmm. And if you harvested less than one or less little sisters, I think you get one, I think. Yeah. For the yeah. good ending. Yep. You see like a little sister reach out her hand to mm-hmm. you 
and then then it, like cuts to a cutscene where the submarines like rise, the bathospheres rise to the to the surface, and then all these little sisters come out of them, and then Tenenbaum's doing a voiceover talking about how you saved the little sisters, you destroyed Rapture, yeah. and you gave these girls a life, and mm-hmm. then it flashes to the hands, and there's a, you know a picture of your hand gets clearly you've got the tattoo, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, which I don't know what the tattoo stands for. Frankly, I didn't look it up. I apologize. Must have been maybe like your, is it numbers? Was it like maybe your it's like four zeros test, or something? Test I don't know. subject kind of thing. Or, yeah, but it's clearly you. Yeah, and the little sisters are graduating college or high uh-huh. school, and they're getting married. Yeah, and so you just give these girls a life, and then on your deathbed, it's clear that when you're dying, you have like five or six of these other hands grabbing your hand, and you yeah. you had a family with these. Mm-hmm. other people and it mm-hmm. was and it's just really yeah you got to see them ending. grow up and they were there for you and yeah it was really touching yeah i present a bit of lightness after the hell that we went through right yeah, yeah. so if you john do you have anything to add or are you just uh you, no yeah that- i just i thought that was a really nice ending and poetic my only question is like tenenbaum's narrating this what happened to her her crimes were too much she had to go down to the ship, I'm afraid. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe she, did she She just, shouldn't get to go free. I mean, did she, she was just, like a, or maybe she wanted rule of rapture, so she got rid of you. Oh, I see. I maybe. see. No, I think that, no. you know, <laughs> I think she probably tried to make amends and yes. morally did some good things, but she just, she, right. she had to, she had to stay in jail. You know? Yes. <laughs> So I thought you were going to say, well, I didn't see the good ending because I've been duping you this whole time. And I was, <laughs> I was bad, Jack. Anyway, no, no. So if you did harvest more than one little sister, the ending is that I think the little sister should still come out to, yes. uh, to destroy Fontaine. Yes. But you turn on the little sisters in some fashion. I refuse to watch. This is not my ending. <laughs> and then <laughs> so it cuts to a similar... You know, a similar submarine, like a, a underwater thing, and the su- yeah. there's a submarine that is of another nation, right? It's not a bathosphere. It's a, it's a you know a Russian U.S. Or, Navy submarine. It's a U.S. Navy submarine. Yeah, and the but then all of a sudden you see bathospheres, you know, fill up around the submarine, and out come splicers to take over the sub. And the insinuation here is that you take over this nuclear submarine. And now mm-hmm. you don't only have this power of rapture, but you also have the power of nuclear weapons and are a world superpower and have continued Fontaine's quest for power in an even more horrible way than he did. Are you on that submarine or is it just the splicers that you're take You're controlling over? the splicers. You are now Fontaine. You're, oh, you're okay. in control of rapture. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but we were not cruel people. And we did not see that ending. No, we did not. We saw a nice light ending. So let's pretend that that is the only one that exists. (laughs) And that will be our future. (laughs) That's Bioshock. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sean, what did you think? I think I want to play the game again. (laughs) You should. You should play it again. Play it on medium. Um, I enjoyed my time playing it uh, for sure, but I feel like I only played like a quarter or a half of it. You know, there's so much more to explore, which I guess is probably why they made a sequel is because they realized that there was so 
much story you can I think tell the in there. sequel gets into much of the backstory between Fontaine and Atlas. Mm-hmm. I think we get more of that in, in Bioshock 2. I've never played Bioshock 2. It's not as critically acclaimed. I think it's a different team. Okay. But I, I do, I think, from what I hear, <laughs> it's a game that, like, it's not as good as the original Bioshock. It wasn't, like, as revolutionary. Yeah. But it's a good game still. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's still a, a solid video game with a good story. So, gotcha. Ashley, what was your, what do you think? Okay. Well, so, you know, I'm kind of a chicken when it comes to spooky things. So at first I thought I would absolutely hate it, especially since people are attacking you and they look really creepy and they pop out of nowhere. You did, you did scream at a light turning on very early on. I did. I did. I think I only squealed twice. Once was at a light flickering because I was just on edge. Yeah. And then later, because some of them popped out in front of me, I turned around and bam, there yeah. is a splicer. Yeah. So I did, I did pretty good. I did pretty good did when really it comes good. to my squealing. So eventually I started to get the hang of things and started to get into the rhythm. So at first I was frustrated with the lack of story. Like, why am I here? What's happening with these people? Why do I want Eve? Yes, I would have gotten a lot of these answers in the audio logs, but I didn't know how, how important those were. But after playing and analyzing all of the characters and components, I think I actually liked it. <laughs> In a twist of fate. I know. Crazy what? of me to say that I liked this weird, twisted game, but I think I did. I mean, superpowers have been glorified so much, you know? I mean... You get asked if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And in Rapture, they kind of gave you the chance to have superpowers. The pla- with the plasmids. Yeah. Was, yes. Albeit yes. <laughs> it was a slippery slope, obviously, and the ethics aside of the whole thing. But I think that is what was interesting to me was having those powers and those plasmids. It was also interesting, the mix of gameplay. You had audio logs. You had very few, but some cut scenes you could explore. You had combats and missions so you really had a lot of different elements of gameplay yeah this makes me so happy (laughs) my mission my secret mission that's not so secret i think i talk about in every episode is to (laughs) is to bring you guys onto this hobby that i so love Mm -hmm. and and i think that this game did a little bit of something (laughs) it did a little something so cool it is a game yeah, it is a good game. I mean, it's it is a game that I think rightfully so is credited for like expanding the what the medium is what people think the medium can do, right? The amount sure. of environmental storytelling. Mm-hmm. Sean, you mentioned that the storytelling was heavy-handed at parts, but it's almost non-existent if you're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Right. I missed and it's only all after of the it fact in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like in the end, you yes, right. After you analyze the whole situation, you're like, oh, this, you know. Oh, it, it's this not is such why a, I was doing this, yeah. Yeah, it's not such a complicated story, but the way it's told is through this exploration. You can miss so much if you don't pay attention to the yeah. audio logs and the environment Which around I you. Which I did. I did mm-hmm. miss a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a really special game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I quite Absolutely. liked it. So let's do our final Top three rundown in case we missed anything that you want to hit too. Let's just hit it, hit it real quick. Let's start with our top three weapons. Okay, we'll go. We'll do like our reverse snake draft that we that we do. So let's start with Ashley. Okay, go three, two, one. Three, two, one. Okay, three was the machine gun. Two was the grenade launcher, and number one was my trusty shotgun. The shoddy. Yep. Shoddy Bugatti. Reliable (laughs) and efficient. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sean. Yeah, my uh, same choices as Ashley, but a slightly different order. Uh, number three, grenade launcher for taking down big daddies. Uh, number two, shotgun for taking down big daddies, um, <laughs> specifically with the electric buck. And then number one, uh, machine gun. Just I'll, always had it, unless I was low on ammo, and then I would switch to the shotgun. Yeah. yeah. For me, the similar top three, I had the machine gun as number three. Same reasons as you guys. Number two, though, was the crossbow. I barely yeah. used that. Because yeah. I'm telling you guys, when you're sneaking up on people, it was very effective. See, yeah. but that's, yeah, you have to have, like, uh, uh, what do they call it? Accuracy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But <laughs> when they're not moving so much, when they don't know you're there, it's, uh, you know. Yeah. Although I will say there, it's like if somebody's charging you and you get that crossbow off and you and you nail them and then Ugh. just the one shot, it's so like mind you on hard. Very rare is it that I can just pull the trigger once and then be out of the situation. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Put it delicately after we've talked about the <laughs> horrors included in this game. Yeah. <laughs> the very end. And then number one, shotgun. Same reason. Electric buck all day, every day. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. thing. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's go now. Two plasmids, our top three plasmids. I'll start. Reverse snake. Go for it. My number three plasmid was swarm. Yeah, I don't think I talked about my plasmids as much as we went through. So let me explain why the swarm was my number three. It was so cool. I don't think I had that one at all. Yeah. What did (laughs) it tell us about it? You just you just like send a swarm of bees at the enemies and they just get distracted and then you can focus on them. It's like great for crowd control. Like if you've got okay. Like mm-hmm. in the Hephaestus area, when you're being attacked by these groups of people, mm-hmm. yeah. throw out a yeah. swarm and then let them be distracted while you go take care of some, you know, hack some bots, whatever, take care of things. It's very Interesting. nice. Interesting. It's very nice. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Number two was the shock for reasons we've discussed before. It was very, it was the utility plasmid, right? By shock, do you mean the electro bolt? Yeah. Yes, right. The okay. electro bolt. Right. Yep. Yep. That's the utility, right? You can do lots of stuff with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Primarily, though, my insistence on hacking everything, that was how I got close to the turrets and stuff. Shock them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Number one, telekinesis. I don't know if I talked oh, much about this. Barely used that one. Telekinesis, because you could take the propane tanks and throw them at crowds of people, and they yeah. were done. Yeah. It was great. I couldn't control that one very well. Yeah. Like that one splicer that would throw the... What are, what Houdini's were those? throwing fireballs. Yes. I caught the fireball. You could have used time. that telekinesis to catch the fireball and throw it back, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't figure it out. Yeah, oh yeah, that was great. I just kept getting nailed and screw this. Went changing back to the, my old trusty plasmid. Yes. Sean. Similar list to you, Brandon, but uh, just a little different. So, number three, I came in with uh, incinerate the fire. You know, you needed it uh, at certain times to, like, move forward in the game. Also came in handy, yeah, with Big Daddies or, or people standing in little puddles of gas. And then number two for me was also Electro Bolt. Like we said, yeah, utility. I didn't hack as much, but I did come into the rhythm of, like, shocking a Big Daddy to stun them while then, you know, hitting them yeah. with the electric buck or the uh, uh, grenade launcher or whatever. And then uh, my number one with the telekinesis. I definitely use that one, like that as a pl- plasmid I used the most far and away. Interesting. Because I used it for getting past all of the traps, uh, electric trap things. Mm-hmm. And 
than like we said with the either using the nicely placed propane tanks to cause harm uh or and then the <laughs> reaction you know you could catch things that were being thrown in your general direction like the fireballs from Houdini splicers or proximity mines from big daddies and throw them right back in them and then they uh, get hurt so and i thought it was fun the area that you find the telekinesis plasmid there is like a little practice range for you uh wherever section and i can't remember where that comes into play but there's like a little it's like an like a little alley that has like a tennis ball launcher like you like press a button and it shoots tennis balls at you so that you can practice that yeah, does sound familiar. Um, which I thought was fun. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, number three, I had hypnotize Big Daddy. That was helpful in some of those situations where there were swarms of splicers coming at you, even though I occasionally would damage the Big Daddy and then it would turn on me. That was unfortunate, but <laughs> um, otherwise it was super helpful. Number two, I had the electro bolt. And number one, I had incinerate. That you, was my go-to. I lit every sucker on fire. You lit everything <laughs> on fire. Sure I, will, did. I mean, I saw it. I mean, you were you were the pyro. I you was were a pyromaniac. I was just those splicers really Burn freaked out down. when Burn it all down. was burning them to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ashley, hit us with your top three favorite levels. Okay, slash locations. So number three, I had Olympus Heights. I think I explained that one in a bit of detail just a little bit ago number two i had arcadia that was the one that had like the winery and the farmer's market again just like the aesthetic and um Mm -hmm. how they created all these different elements that you would find on land in the water so i thought that was cool Mm -hmm. and then number one i had fort frolic for all of the entertainment that they had which was really cool especially for the time period that this took place in, I just thought that was really cool of how they had all those different elements and entertainment uh, venues. Yeah. For me, it was same two and three uh, as Ashley. Yeah, Olympus Heights at number three for me. It also, I don't know why, this popped in my head when we were talking through it. Olympus Heights kind of reminded me of like the Matrix. I don't know why, but like apartments that are now oh, I like see, yes, ru- yes, rugged and run down. For and the maybe listeners, for listeners at home, my stare was as blank as they come <laughs> <laughs> until Sean the said apartments. The chirping silence, and then yes, I yeah. see what you're saying. I don't know. They were like so much of the Matrix is them like going in and out of apartments, or like it uh, is so much of that movie is like get into the apartment so we can get to the phone. Yeah, yeah. Get in exactly. the apartment so we can yeah. talk to the Oracle, and yeah. it's. I think like the color schemes were maybe similar, you know, and, and it's it's like a very matte color scheme in the Matrix, yeah, yeah. Uh, of these like muted blacks and greens kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, I felt like it was similar. Anyway, never seen that. it. Number, oh, we got it. Well, you guys, movie movie marathon. <laughs> Number two, Arcadia for me as well, similar to what Ashley talked about. And then my number one I had as Point Prometheus, because I mentioned I thought it was neat. The the whole becoming a big daddy thing. Uh, I don't know why, but I latched onto that. Partly, be, I don't know, it's, maybe it's because it's like, that's what's on the, that's what the game, uh, you know, the, the game box is a big daddy and you become one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
For me, I've got number three as Point Prometheus for that same reason. It's just, I don't know, just the texture cool. that that adds and the, yeah, it's uh I mean, it was different gameplay than what we yeah. had had. I think if the, if the, what's it called? If the escort mission wasn't a part of it, it would be probably my number one. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. 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 Like, I didn't get to enjoy the museum part because I was so focused on protecting yeah. my little sister. Sure. So. Right. Number two for me is Fort Frolic for, I think, reasons mentioned before. Sandra Cohen is just delightfully horrible and is <laughs> just just yeah. the most bizarre character probably in this entire excursion. Sure. For sure. And then my number one is Arcadia for the same reason as you say. It's probably, like, the most... Not that this game isn't realistic, but it's mm-hmm. the it's the area that's like, oh... I would hang out here yeah. if I lived in Rapture before things were crazy. Like, right. this would be where we would go on a Saturday. <laughs> well, you can just kind uh-huh. of visualize, like, oh, man, I bet this was, like, bustling of yeah, people yeah. at all these, you know, farmer's market booths. Yeah. and yeah. yeah. No, that's very cool. All right, so those are our top threes. Awesome. I will say that, before we go, there is a piece of DLC, downloadable content, for those who don't play a lot of games, for, the, for Bioshock Infinite which is the third game in the Bioshock series, although, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the next Ken Levine-directed game. Okay. Okay. So, and this is the one that takes place in Columbia in the sky. Oh, okay. It's a much, I would say it's a much prettier, maybe not the right word, but lighter Uh experience, right? Colorful, yeah. More colorful, yeah. But I think you have to play that game in order to for the DLC to make sense. But there is a piece of DLC that puts you in Rapture, before things go crazy oh interesting so you see it like Mm. before the events of this game have just really turned it into this wasteland so right and you can just explore i don't know i've only seen just very scant pictures and i'm aware of it but i don't know what it is i've never played it so cool so uh, you know i think that would be a good goal to get to yeah very interesting (laughs) i have a one-off episode on that dlc yeah that might be fun so Cool. All right, guys. Well, that's it. Well, thank you for listening to the end of our Bioshock two-part discussion. If you liked what you heard, leave us a nice review or follow us on Twitter at Uncredible Gamer. Thanks again.